Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Is it worth it? The Film Review Podcast presents Road to the Oscars. Join me, David Long, on this journey as we talk all things Oscars before the big event, the 93rd Academy Awards, on Sunday the 25th of April, 2021. So sit back, relax and enjoy Road to the Oscars. Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 2 of Is It Worth It Presents Road to the Oscars. My name is David Long and I am your host. Thank you for joining me on this journey as we count down the days to the 93rd Academy Awards on the 25th of April 2021 in sunny Los Angeles, US of A. If you love film and especially if you love awards season, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Awards season is now truly underway with the Golden Globes, the Screen Actors Guild and the Critic Choice Awards nominations all out. On today's episode, we will be focusing on the four main acting categories, analysing nominations the actors have received so far, as well as studying their performances and potential chances come Oscars Sunday. Before we dive into that, we will have a brief analysis of award season so far and catch up on the best picture race. So, it gives me great pleasure to introduce my second guest on this series, actor, podcaster and brother... Andy Long. Andy, brother. How are you? Brother. <laughs> Blimey, my voice is gone. Just shows how long I've publicly spoke. Um, <laughs> That's a great start to a podcast, the voice going. But yeah, you know, you, you make me sound very official. It's great. Um, but no, <laughs> um, oh no, I'm great. Um, it's I'm very happy to be on here and uh, it's great that we can have a chat about all these films and all yeah, these wonderful absolutely. performances. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm 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 well. I will share a brief story. Regular listeners of the podcast will know uh, that I've got terrible blisters at the moment, uh, um, courtesy of a new pair of shoes. So I've been walking around. And I had a day off work today, and I had to go to the local shops, and I was in flip flops. And it's snowing here in the UK, and my flip flop broke. <laughs> so I ended up walking back. <laughs> with shopping uh, to my house in one flip-flop and had pretty much frostbite on my right foot. Um, so <laughs> it's been a strange day. Good um, Lord. Andy, it is great to have you on the show. Um, and before we dive into the acting categories and talk more about my feet, um, please tell our lovely listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I currently live in Manchester. Um, it was up here. I did three years acting training uh, picking up a first-class honours degree in acting at the Manchester School of Theatre. Um, so I graduated in 2018. So I've been up here, um, well, nearly six years now. Wow. Um, so it really is my second home. Um, before that, uh, I trained with the National Youth Theatre of Great Britain, and I'm still a member now. So with that, that means I can get lots of opportunities uh, to be in their productions and other opportunities as well. So it's a great, it's a great thing to be a part of. And um, obviously, whilst up here um, at the moment, it's it's very difficult. It is very difficult at the mm. moment, but it's it's good to keep busy and um, keep yourself productive. And that's why 
this should be really nice uh, this evening. Yeah, um, that's great. And also, I couldn't have you on my podcast without giving the opportunity to plug your podcast. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about The Interval. Yeah, so The Interval podcast um, is a podcast, uh, <laughs> ob- um, obviously. Um, uh, it's a podcast I do with my flatmate, Jack, who also uh, trained with me at the Manchester School of Theatre um, so basically we, we've got two seasons already. We've got six episodes. Uh, we're continuing to produce more. Um, essentially we take lots of big topics and we discuss them. Um, but at the same time we have lots of buffoonery and clown behavior in which we have, <laughs> in which, uh, we have lots of comedy shorts. So basically we've combined the two together in the first season. We talk about acting related stuff and in season two, uh, we kind of open up the, the topic. So it's stuff that, you know, Um, interesting topics or things that are current right now. Um, So, yeah, we've been doing that since 2018. Um, And, yeah, you can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, um, Apple. Um, We've got an Instagram page in which we do our own comedy sketches as well. Yeah, yeah. The recent one you did was hilarious. I really enjoyed that. That was a... uh, What was that? was a spoof of... It was a spoof of Most Haunted. Um, (laughs) So it was a very, very specific. It was a great laugh. Obviously, because of lockdown, it meant we could film that inside our house. Yeah. Um, So we didn't have to go far. So our house was the set. Um, But no, we're we're on we're on pretty much every social media platform at Interval Podcast. And then if you want if you want to find us, just uh, search the Interval Podcast on all your um, podcast streaming sites. That's great. And I just want to say, if you love small talks, and especially if you love comedy shorts, I'm a big fan of the comedy shorts, then check out the Interval podcast. So, Andy, I think that's enough shameless (laughs) plugging. Um, Shall we crack on with the main body of the show? Yes, let's do it. So, folks, here we are in February, and trust me when I say award season is really beginning to take off now. We've had the Golden Globe, Screen Actors Guild, and Critic Choice Award nominations out, and the Best Picture race is really starting to co- to hot up, for one, um, and starting to become a, a little bit clearer, for two. Now, Andy, I don't want a prediction... Um, Mm -hmm. But from all the films you've seen so far, and I know you've been studying them very, very hard. Yes. (laughs) You've got about a a 300-page dossier you've created. Yes, uh, I have. I've got a lot of notes in front of me here. For this episode. The question is, what is your favourite film that is in the best picture race? So of the films I've seen, um, it has to be The Five Bloods. Yeah. Um, I know that it's... um, it wasn't nominated the Golden Globes um, across a lot of categories, which is a massive shame. However, of all the films I watched, this included some of the best acting performances I've seen of all the of all the films I've watched. Um, Spike Lee has directed a masterpiece, in my opinion. Um, the cinematography is great. The story is great, um, particularly Delroy Lindo um, as the lead actor. Um, he's phenomenal. And obviously Chadwick Boseman as well um, mm. as supporting actor. Um, again, another fantastic um, performance. Um, great soundtrack as well. Wonderful comedic moments, tragic moments. I think just as a story mm. and as a film, it definitely was the best one I've seen. And I really, really hope that it gets the nomination at the Oscars and does pick up in in getting nominated and receiving awards. Yeah, it's very interesting that you've picked the Five Bloods. Me and Craig reviewed this on the main show, and it seems like 
I mean, I may be talking nonsense, but it seems like The Five Bloods came out like two years ago. Um, Do you know what I mean? Um, It it is interesting um, what you say about The Five Bloods. When we did our first show, um, which if you haven't listened to, check it out. We run through the Best Picture nominees or potential nominees. Um, The Five Bloods was as short as nine to one for Best Picture. Um, It's now drifted like a fart in the breeze all the way out to 22 to 1. Um, so the, the love for the Five Bloods isn't there. And we we will touch in other episodes a bit more on Best Picture. This isn't a Best Picture episode. Um, but I know your second favourite behind the Five Bloods was probably The Trial of the Chicago 7. Yes, you are correct. Um, I watched this very recently, actually. Um, the film was so smooth. Um, yeah. It runs so smoothly. It was a great pace. Um, again, like the five bloods had a wonderful ensemble cast. Um, I was completely gripped to my seat. Um, there was never a point where I thought this is dragging or going too quick or anything like that. It just seemed like a perfect script. It was directed really well. Some standout performances, which I'm, which I'm sure we will touch upon. We will, um, Sasha Baron Cohen in particular. Um, but there are definitely other actors as well, um, which we should potentially touch upon, um, as well as Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, but again, yeah, Netflix is producing some fantastic films. I mean, yeah. I guess I guess the COVID-19 pandemic is one of the reasons for that. They're kind of, you know, picking up all these films and streaming them as opposed to mm. being in the cinema. But having said that, I mean, it started last year. I mean, Netflix is just going to continue producing yeah, these wonderful They're becoming films. a powerhouse, yeah. Um, and it's interesting that, that you couldn't have picked a more contrasting film um, to The Five Bloods. And The Trial of the Chicago 7, when we did our last show, was 8-1 to one for Best Picture. It's now as short as 5-1. to one. So the mm. love in the market is definitely for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, there is no doubt that has gathered momentum, whilst The Five Bloods has definitely lost it. Obviously, this is not a Best Picture episode, but in terms of the Best Picture race at the moment, it remains all about Nomadland. Nomadland leads the way this awards season with 17 wins so far. Minari, Promising Young Woman and The Trial of the Chicago 7 are all tied with three. So clearly Nomadland is the one to beat. Um, There has been all sorts of market movement um, in terms of who's the favourite and and, and, uh, I was about to say horses that have been backed. (laughs) Shows where my mind's at. No, I was going to say. Blimey. (laughs) Films that have been backed. Um, And I think the first place to start is Nomadland, five to one into five to four. Um, So it's really shortening up now. It's becoming a real um, uh, strong contender. But don't rule out Mank. Mank leads the way with six Golden Globes nominations, mm. and I know it did well at the Critics' Choice as well. Um, so Nomad, Lang- Lank? Nomad, Mank, um, both doing well. Um, News of the World, um, the film with Helena Zengel and Tom Hanks, um, that's not done so favourably. When we did our last show, um, that was one of the favourites at 8-1, to one, but that's drifted all the way out to 22-1. to one. Um, Other films we mentioned, like The Midnight Sky, you can forget that. The Green Knight, you can forget that. Um, I think Tenet, you can forget that. Uh, On the Rocks, as good as it was, I think mm. you can forget that for a Best Picture nomination. Uh, Ammonite, we mentioned that. That's still 66 to 1. I think you can forget that. So some of the films we mentioned um, on the last episode, I think you can forget. Others have become much stronger. And the last thing I wanted to mention was Promising Young Woman. 
uh, is now a major player. And it's the only film that we didn't mention, Andrew, in our previous episode. Yeah. Um, it's 25 to 1 to win Best Picture. And I have to give a shout out to Craig here. Craig is so excited about this film. And he says he's got a gut feeling um, that this film is going to do really, really well. Um, now, as far as we're aware, it has no UK release date. Um, so we are struggling to get a review out of this, but we are trying. Um, we will also be reviewing Nomadland very, very soon. So that's big news for our listeners. Uh, and finally, um, I think it's worth mentioning Malcolm and Marie, um, a film we didn't mention in our last episode. That has come into the betting. It wasn't in the betting before um, at 12 to 1. Um, so there is a little roundup of the best picture race. Like I said, at the moment, it's it looks like it's definitely the, the leading horse is Nomadland and all the other films have to catch it. But some of them are closing. So that's a little roundup of the best picture race as it stands. So, Andrew, let's crack on with the acting categories. Yes, let's do it. So let's crack on with the main part of the show. As this show is being presented by two esteemed gentlemen, it seems only right that we go <laughs> ladies first. And let's start with the best actress in a supporting role category. And wow, where do we begin? Wow. What, <laughs> what an interesting category this is looking like. And I'll tell you where we're going to begin, folks. We're going to begin with some of the hints, some of the clues, some of the precursors. And that starts with the Golden Globe nominations. So the Golden Globe nominations for best performance by an actress in a supporting role in any motion picture are... Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Jodie Foster, The Mauritanian, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and Helena Zengel, News of the World. Andrew, what about the Screen Actors Guild nominations? So, the Screen Actors Guild nominations for outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role are Maria Bakalova for Borat, subsequent movie film, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Yoon Yu Jung, Minari, and Helena Zengel, News of the World. And finally, the Critics' Choice nominations, which, by the way, we've we've had a bit of a laugh and we've done a lot of preparation for this show, only came out today. <laughs> I mean, literally a few hours ago. A so scramble. We've, <laughs> so we've had to scramble them into the into the show. But the Critics' Choice Best Actress in a Supporting Role are Maria Bakalova, Borat Subsequent Movie Film, Ellen Burstyn, Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, Amanda Seyfried, and Yu Jung Yoon. Um, Let's start with the obvious elephant in the room. No Ellen Burstyn for Pieces of Woman at Globes or Screen Actors Guild. Um, Close, Coleman and Zengel all get Globe, SAG and Critics' Choice noms. And Maria Bakalova also gets all three. Um, Maria was nominated for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy. So we can definitely see a pattern emerging here, but this is a race... Um, that is only just beginning to formulate. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to run through our selection of potential Oscar nominees in no particular 
order. And we'll start with the hardest name to say, but Andrew said it very, very well. And that is Yu, Yu Jung Yoon in Minari. Um, Yu Jung Yoon picks up a Critics' Choice and SAG nomination, um, has never been nominated um, for an Oscar. Um, this is obviously for Minari. This is a film and a performance, unfortunately, I'm yet to see. Um, but as Andrew said earlier in the show, I've heard we've heard great things about this. Uh, and this is a film that was as big as 66 to 1 for Best Picture. That price has plummeted down. Um, and I can tell you what it is now. It's something like... 16 to 1 so you can see there's a huge amount of momentum behind Minari um, we can't really comment comment too much other than obviously bagging that critics choice and bagging that SAG nomination um, puts Yu Jung Yoon in a very interesting position Andrew one performance we can talk about is Maria Bakalova in Borat's subsequent movie film yes never, never been nominated for an Academy Award firstly what did you think of Borat's subsequent movie film and secondly, what did you think of Maria Bakalova's performance? Well, um, I absolutely loved this film. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, obviously, the first film was was phenomenal. Yeah, it was absolutely um, hilarious, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Um, and obviously, after that, people thought that Borat was, was finished. It was over. I'm pretty sure Sasha Baron Cohen said himself he would not return with Borat. Mm. Um, but yet, here we are. Um <laughs> But yeah, what a great film! Really funny. Obviously, makes lots of political points. Yeah, um, it's a it's a great story. Um, as sequels go, it's one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, if anything, I thought it it matched, it maybe even better than the first film. And then obviously we have uh, Maria Bakalova, um, who, as far as I'm aware, is the first Bulgarian actress to be nominated for a Golden Globe. Oh, really? Okay. Um, wow, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So that is a fantastic achievement. Uh, she's still extremely young. I know that she was thinking about even quitting acting at some point. Mm. So what a way uh, to burst onto the scene with a with a comedic performance. I mean, it was it was it was comedic. It was heartfelt. It was it was moving in parts, um, particularly in a film like this. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there, there actually was some quite moving and wonderful moments, and you know, and she did really well in this, and she was utterly confident she came at it four guns blazing mm. so she deserves all the credit um she's got so far and who knows who knows in, in terms of an oscar nomination yeah and she like we said she is getting a lot of credit obviously she got that golden globe nomination um she got the screen actors guild nomination and the critics choice nomination so in mm. terms of all the precursors all the things that point towards an oscar she is a really really strong contender in this race um, another contender in this race is Olivia Coleman in The Father um, Olivia Coleman has one nomination and one win that was for The Favourite in 2018 um, unfortunately I haven't seen The Father yet but what I would say is we, we try to avoid trailers for the main show. You all know this. You listen to the show. We try to go in blind where we can. But big trailers, potential Oscar-nominated films, I have been studying the trailer as much as I can and trying to squeeze as much juice out of the orange as humanly possible. And this was a, re <laughs> this was a really juicy orange. Um, I think Olivia Coleman, from what I've seen in the trailer, looks fantastic. And... Obviously, she's she's hot in this race. She gets nominated for the Critics' Choice Award. 
She gets nominated for the Screen Actors Guild Award and she gets nominated for the Golden Globe. So like Maria Bakalova, she is um, very, very strong. Have you have you have you even seen a trailer for The Father, Andrew? Yeah, I have seen uh, the trailer for The Father. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, it, it, it does look very exciting as trailers go. It, it, it does entice me. And of course, we know the talent of Olivia Coleman. Obviously, she's already got an Oscar. She's she's been brilliant for many years now, and I think this will be another Oscar nomination of many to come. Yeah. Um, as as she gets older, and obviously there'll be more parts for her. So, like all the nominations suggest, she definitely is in this race um, for sure. Oh yeah, very much. Um, very much in this race. And we're going to get on to Glenn Close a little bit later, but I cannot believe we're in that position again where it could be Glenn Close versus Olivia Coleman like we had in 2018. <laughs> and let me tell our listeners, it was a huge shock when Olivia Coleman won that Oscar. Glenn Close was 1-20, to 20, meaning you had to put £20 on or $20 on just to win a pound or a dollar. Olivia Coleman was 6-1 to one on the night. It was a huge shock. It sent shockwaves throughout the industry. I believe, don't quote this as fact, but I believe Glenn Close has been nominated for seven Academy Awards. So that was huge. So Olivia Coleman versus Glenn Close could be could be crazy. We're going to talk about Glenn Close's performance shortly. Um, next on our list is Helena Zengel for News of the World. Um, she's never been nominated for an Academy Award, but like uh, the other people we've spoke about, she's obviously done well to get nomination at the Screen Actors Guild, and she's also got that nomination at the Golden Globe. Um, and I believe... No, sorry, no Critics' Choice for, for Helena Zengel, so she did miss out there. But what I would say is, Andrew, you haven't seen News of the World. It is out, actually, on February 10th um, on Netflix in the UK. Her performance is truly magnificent. Um, I mean, anyone who is able to hold their own opposite Tom Hanks deserves great credit. But she doesn't just hold her own. She's really the standout performance in this film. She doesn't speak English, her character. Therefore, she has great range of facial expressions, great use of physicality. We really get to know her character just by looking at her on screen. Um, I know you haven't seen this, Andrew, but um, there is a bit of buzz, isn't there, for Helena Zengel? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, when I've been doing my research um, on all these actors and all these films, News of the World always pops up, um, as well as a, a, a bit of buzz for uh, Tom Hanks as well. Mm. Um, we'll probably touch upon that. But again, this looks like a very exciting film, and it's, I'm glad that you've already seen it and you can comment on it. Yeah. So another another person uh, to, to touch upon is Dominique Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, she's never been nominated, Um but it's our job or my job to tell you, dear listener, people who could potentially be nominated. Like we said, it looks like those three, um, Bakalova, Coleman and Zengel, are pretty much locked in, you would think. Um, so who else could be nominated? Dominika Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah. She's never been nominated for an Academy Award. I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah. Um <laughs> Andrew is laughing a bit because um, friends, family members will know I have actually 
taken my hard-earned money and backed Judas and the Black Messiah to win Best Picture. Um, and I'm starting to look like a bit of a fool. Um, it didn't do well at the Globes. It didn't do well at the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, and it was pretty much completely shut out of the Critics' Choice. Um, so my money may well have, again, gone down the drain. Um, but you never know. You never know. You never know. I mean, this isn't a Best Picture show, um, but... As someone who really fancied Judas and the Black Messiah, the last few days have been disappointing. But back to the point, Dominica Fishback, Judas and the Black Messiah, never nominated for an Academy Award, but definitely uh, a contender in this Best Supporting Actress race. Now, clap my hands and rub them together. Let's get down to it. Glenn Close, <laughs> Hillbilly yes. Elegy. Um, seven nominations for Glenn Close, most recently for The Wife, which I thought she was astounding in. And I really do mean astounding. The Wife is a tremendous piece of filmmaking with a with a with a brilliant lead performance from Glenn Close. Um, Andrew, I, I want to bring you in here. Yes. Where the hell do we start with Hillbilly Elegy? Um, I suppose we'll start by asking you, what what did you think of Hillbilly Elegy overall as a, as a piece before we get on to Glenn Close? Well, I, I think overall, if if I was going to pick a word, it would be it'd be disappointing. Mm. You know, it, it looking at the kind of I think I did watch a trailer for this. I I did listen to your review. Um, I, I had some sort of idea of what I was going to watch, but. I was left a bit disappointed um, with the film as a whole. Um, I felt there was something a bit wrong with the script. I felt some scenes were unnecessary. It was a bit too long. Yeah. Um, but, but having said that, the frustrating thing about this film is there there are some wonderful moments mm. um, and there are some wonderful performances. Um, and obviously Glenn Close is one of those. Uh, and you said she's been nominated seven times She's the most nominated actress, I think, without a win. Mm. So she probably will win at some point. Yeah. Whether it is for this film, don't know. Mm. But having said that, this was a great performance. It was convincing. It was characterful. You know, wonderful facial expressions. There was obviously moments of high drama. Um, and there were moments of comedy as well. So yeah. I think with all these kind of parts, there has to be you know, lots of levels to it. I think that's how you can get an Oscar-winning performance, is the levels. Um, and having said that, we, we, we've kind of joked about this off-air, but I, I did love her baggy tees and constant smoking throughout the film. <laughs> she it, did it was, smoke like an absolute train. She did chain. Um, <laughs> and and I can tell you as an actor, when, when you do smoke, you know, for a scene or, or for a stage, especially if you are a non-smoker, it does go straight to your head. Mm. Um, and I, I've had it before when I've been smoking for um, for a dress rehearsal and I had to stop because it literally went completely to my head because I was chaining as this character. Mm. Um, I'm, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure she's, she's used to it. But, um, <laughs> but, but having said that, no, this, this is a great performance. Um, I feel like she did well with the script that was given to her. Mm. I feel like if if this was a better script yeah. and a, an overall a better film, I think her chances would be higher. Having said that, it is still a great performance. And I'm wondering whether we'll see a repeat of kind of like a DiCaprio situation with Glenn Close, where the Academy will give her an award eventually, but potentially not for her best performance, if you get what I mean. 
I think you're absolutely spot on. The DiCaprio analogy is a great one. Obviously, DiCaprio won for The Revenant. Uh, thought his performance in The Revenant was great. Um, personally, I think it's not his best performance. I think his best performance is his Howard Hughes in The Aviator. If you've never seen that film, check it out. It's a long, old long old film but it is a bit of a masterpiece look th- this is this is the problem i have here glenn close gets a critics choice nomination glenn close mm. gets a screen actors guild nomination glenn close gets a, uh, a golden globe nomination she is picking up nominations left right and center this would suggest Glenn Close gets an Oscar nomination and here lies the problem and i know i'm not the first person to say this some something doesn't feel right about Glenn Close willing for Hillbilly Elegy. Like mm. you look at her filmography and you can pick out performance after performance from her seven nominations where you go, that's an Oscar winning performance or that's an Oscar winning performance. The wife for me was an Oscar winning performance. This look, I'm not saying I don't want Glenn Close to win because I actually do want Glenn Close to win. I was huge on the Glenn Close bandwagon in 2018. But there is something off about Glenn Close winning for Hillbilly Elegy. And and the thing is, if she's nominated for an Academy Award, which I think she will be for Hillbilly Elegy, how the bloody hell can the Academy snub her again? Mm. Um, and if the, if the Academy do snub her, I can't believe it will be for Olivia Coleman. So that would, personally, I think Maria Bakalova. Um, if, if, if Close doesn't win, for me at the moment, it's Bakalova. Um, but it's a fact. Yeah. It, no, no, it, it, it's very tough. I see what you mean. Like, she, she's had seven nominations. Mm. Like, she doesn't need another nomination. No. She's, not, she's not an actress that you want to kind of bring light to because we know how talented she is. So if you nominate her, realistically, I think you've kind of got to give her the award for this. Yeah. But but I don't think but I don't think it's worthy of of the Oscar. I mean, yeah. it's a fantastic performance, but you know, if that was within another film, you know, that was a bit better, I reckon she wouldn't have stand out as much as she did within this yeah. film. But having said that, we will talk about Amy Adams later on, and Amy Adams also was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, Variety has said that this category is too close to call. Mm. of an article that I read recently. So I think this conversation will constantly change yes, uh, in, the, in, right. the, in, the, in, the, in the coming weeks. And obviously it's, it's hard to tell because we've not, some of these films we've not seen. Um, but I'm, I'm really surprised Maria Bakalova's in the running. I mean, I, I didn't think Borat would be mm. um, nominated for as much as it has been, but obviously there, there, there is a clear buzz and, you know, fair play. I th- fair play. I, I think Bakalova's interesting. When I first watched Borat's subsequent movie film, I've got to say, Bakalova's performance didn't hit me around the face like a wet fish, um, sort of <laughs> as, you know, slap, this is an Oscar-worthy uh, performance. Mm. But I've only seen the film once, um, and, you know, I, I need to I need to watch it again. All of these films, as critics, my job is to study them uh, mm. and to learn a bit more about them. So I think that's enough about Glenn Close. Another yeah. person that's definitely in the running is Amanda Seyfried. Um, she's never been nominated for an Academy Award. Um, she's she's in Mank, um, and obviously there's a little bit of buzz for Amanda Seyfried. She picks up uh, a Critics' Choice. Um, nomination and she also picked up a Golden Globe nomination. Andrew, you have seen Mank, as have I. Um, mm-hmm. Briefly, Mank, what did you think? And secondly, 
Amanda Seyfried's performance. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I, I thought Mank was a fantastic film. Mm. Um, I thought in this case, all the cinematography was completely justified with, you know, the black and white and everything like that. I, I thought it was fantastic. Gary Oldman, again, a wonderful performance. Um, and yeah, Amanda Seyfried, great. I mean, she she's great in this film. She kind of, she captures the, the Hollywood glitz and glamour. Um, yeah. She shows different sides to her character. She has a wonderful chemistry with Gary Oldman, particularly in the scene when they're walking in that garden. Yes. Um, with the elephants and things like that. Um, and yeah, she, she embodies the character, you know, she's flirty, she's a bit ditzy, you know, she's extremely watchable. It, it's a well-fleshed character, mm. but, but compared to the other actresses on this list, I, she doesn't, the performance doesn't stand out for me. Like it, I, I don't watch Mank and think, oh my God, that was phenomenal performance. Yeah. I think it was a good, I think it was a fantastic film, well-written, um, well-shot, well-acted, great ensemble. And I think if anything, Gary Oldman probably has more of a a chance of getting nominated than Amanda Seyfried. Mm. Yeah, very very interesting points. Like you said, there there was obviously that Oscar buzz, but those couple of nominations that she's picked up, um, Critics' Choice and Globe, are obviously going to set her in good stead. Um, I like Variety said this this. The article was very funny. It's too close, uh, hinting on Glenn Close, if you didn't get the joke, to call. Hey. Um, ding-ding, jokes here, folks. These are the jokes, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on that, actually. No, too close to call. That was That's what they were running with. Um, but I think you're right. Amanda Seyfried gives a... I would say it's a brilliant performance. Yeah, um, no doubt about that. Really layered, um, really captures the era, if that makes sense. Mm. I don't know how an actor can capture an era, but she does. Um, well, what, what I'd say about that is with with these films that are in the past, they're the some of the best films that you can they're some of the best parts you can get as an actor because there's such there's so much information. Like there's so much there's such a rich history. Like when you're when you're preparing for a role, these kind of Hollywood era parts are amazing because you can watch the films, you can you know, you can read autobiographies and especially if you're playing someone who actually existed, there's so much stuff you can take and it and it fleshes the character for you without having to make, you know, ridiculous choices or, you know, yeah. things like that. So um but yeah, she's great and um very relaxed, I thought. Like with with Gary Oldman especially, yeah. she just seemed very relaxed in the part. She seemed like she was enjoying enjoying it, which yeah. for me means it, you know, is a great performance, particularly if the actor is enjoying playing the, the part. And I think that's a great segue actually onto our next um, actress who certainly wasn't relaxed in her role, and that's yes. <laughs> Ellen Burstyn uh, in Pieces of a Woman. Um, six nominations for her, one win, uh, 1974, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore in Best Actress. St- stunning performance, a film that I have seen, um, well worth digging out, even, you know, blimey, 1974, that makes it nearly 50 years old. Unbelievable. Mm. Um Pieces of a Woman, you've seen this film. Um, thoughts, and more importantly, Ellen Burstein. And, I mean, we said about the elephant in the room, no um, nomination for her at the Golden Globes or the Screen Actors Guild, but she does get a Critics' Choice nomination. What did you think of Pieces of a Woman? And what did you think of Burstein's performance? Yeah, so this film's great. Um, just to put it out there first, th- this film is great. Um 
I know in your uh, your podcast you said it was a difficult watch. Yeah, at times it is, but that is the point. That that's what they're trying to do here. It, it, it essentially is a is a is a character study of grief and how each character within this story reacts differently um, to what happens. Um, and Ellen Burstyn's character particularly um, has a very direct, driven, and clear objective in this film, um, which means that as an as an actor. Um, they're clear objectives, which means you can play the scenes, you know, perfectly if she has that objective. And, and it shows. Um, there are times when, you know, she clearly shows that manipulation. Uh, she's very headstrong. She's extremely natural. She has a good chemistry mm. with, with all the actors around around her. She's very subtle. But then she does have, you know, we talk about those Oscar-winning moments. She yeah. does have a very a very powerful monologue. Yes. Um, and she definitely does stand out in this film. Um, in terms of Oscar chances, again, I'm not too sure. Um, but she certainly is a part of this machine that is a great film. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, film Twitter, it, it reacted very strongly. And film Twitter but is, you know, basically anyone on, on Twitter who's talking about movies. Um, and the fact that she wasn't nominated... Um, at the Globes or the Screen Actors Guild left me a little bit perplexed, really, because I was expecting this to be not a lock, but I was expecting this to be something that gained momentum. But she has saved herself with that Critics' Choice um, mm. nomination. What did I think of her performance? I thought her performance was really, really good. And that, that monologue you touched upon, um, like other actresses where I've said, um, I'm not 100% sure there's an Oscar-winning moment, that film has that Oscar moment um, mm. opposite. Um, blimey, I've forgotten her name now. Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. That's where Vanessa Kirby's Oscar chances are really enhanced in this mm. powerful, heated, raw. Um, do, do you reckon it was a, how many takes do you reckon that took? Cause to me, it looked, it looked so raw and natural. I reckon they probably didn't take many takes on that. No, it, it it didn't seem like it. That that whole section within within that living room, that kind of gathering, yeah, um, I think was the strongest part of the film. That and obviously the opening thirty minutes. I feel like that that's where it all started to unravel. I think, and that's when the actors really started to play um, with their objectives. How you know how they react to each other. Um, and yeah, you touched upon it. I mean, the key to getting nominations and well reviewed films is is a good cast, like a good overall cast. And compared to, let's say, a film like Hillbilly, Elog Hillbilly Elegy, um, I think it's strong across the board in terms of its writing, everything to do with the film. So if it did come down to Glenn Close or Ellen Burstyn, I would rather the latter go forward yeah. for it. I'd rather her get nominated as opposed to Glenn Close because I feel like her performance was stronger even though both were extremely good. Yeah. I feel like the story was so much better and more complex and her her whole character was just very interesting to watch. You kind of have mixed emotions yeah. with what she's doing. So that's great. I think you're right about the the screenplay in Pieces of a Woman is definitely more solid than the screenplay in Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah. Um, the Hillbilly Energy screenplay at times is very forced. Um, yeah, and that's one thing I was going to touch upon um, with Glenn Close. I feel like there's, there's so much you can do with a script sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes the script took away the, the, the genuine emotion behind the acting. Yeah. 
which is only at times. I just felt like it was a bit forced, almost yeah. a bit a bit preachy at times. Yeah. And they're the worst kind of lines you can get as an actor. I feel. Yeah. Those... Because you don't you don't know what to do with them. Like the it, it, the the emotions in the words. So it's kind of like yeah, the cheesy, overwritten, in-your-face lines that Hillbilly yeah. Elegy does have. Um, Pieces of a Woman, like I said, it has that unbelievable thirty-minute birth scene. Um, I think it's uh, the cinematography. I know you love the cinematography in this film, particularly yeah. those early shots with her hand when she's in the bath. Um, beautifully shot. Um, can see it being a, a player in award season in other categories, but Ellen Burstyn does get that Critics' Choice nomination and keeps herself very much alive. The next two um, we're going to mention, unfortunately, again, are two films um, that I haven't seen, but there is Oscar buzz for Jodie Foster in The Mauritanian. Uh, she's had four nominations, including two wins. What does that mean for me personally? having not even seen the performance with four nominations and two wins, I think there are other people in this category that might have a better chance of her than a nomination. Mm. Um, yeah. And another person to touch upon is Sersha Ronan in Ammonite. Um, Sersha Ronan is without question one of my favourite actresses on the planet. I just think she's so versatile. She's obviously operating alongside Kate Winslet in Ammonite. Um, yeah. This is a film that I don't know if like the um, the marketing director of Ammonite has been assassinated um, <laughs> because the. <laughs> It just seems to have vanished. Like, I don't seem to hear anything about it. Like, there was loads of talk about it a few months ago, and it's as if the person in the head of marketing has been shot, uh, and mm. they've yet to replace him. Um, but Saoirse Ronan, Ammonite, uh, I think she's another one to mention. Um, so to briefly run through, we've picked out 10. Yu Jung Yoon, Minari, Maria Bakalova, Borat, subsequent movie film, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Helena Zengel, News of the World, Dominika Fishback, Judas and the Black Messiah, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, Ellen Burstyn, Pieces of a Woman, Jodie Foster, The Mauritanian, and Saoirse Ronan, Ammonite. If there are any you think we've missed and we've overlooked, um... I think Variety had a list of up to 20 or, or more. Um, we can't discuss all of all of them, obviously. Uh, please do tweet us, email us, kick my front door down and tell me what we've done wrong. Um, but I think, Andrew, unless you have any other comments, I think we can move on to Best Actress in a Leading Role. Yeah, let's move on. Let's do it. So, Best Actress in a Leading Role. The Golden Globe nominations are... Best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama, Viola Davis, Mulraney's Black Bottom, Andra Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand, No Man Land, No Man Land, No Mad Land, uh, and <laughs> Kerry Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. There is a bit of a pattern emerging here, which you'll see. Andrew, the Screen Actors Guild nominations. Yep, so the Screen Actor Guild nominations for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Leading Role are Amy Adams, Hillbilly Elegy, Viola Davis, Moraney's Black Bottom, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Kerry Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. And as you said, there are definite patterns emerging here. 
And finally, Critics' Choice for Best Actress in a Leading Role, Viola Davis, Moroni's Black Bottom, Andra Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Sidney Flanagan, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, Kerry Mulligan, Promising Young Woman, and get in there, Zendaya, Malcolm and Marie. So there's no doubt if you study these nominations, and we have studied them, there's a definite pattern emerging. We have a core four, which rhymes beautifully. Um, the core <laughs> four are Viola Davis, Moroni's Black Bottom, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand, Nomadland, and Kerry Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Andra Day was on the drama side at the Golden Globes, while Amy Adams popped up at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Andrew, what do you make of all these nominations? There is a bit of a pattern emerging, but is there any sort of standout, maybe doesn't quite fit in there, and I'm hinting at something here? Well, I mean, I kind of changed my tone when I read it. I mean, Amy Adams for Screen <laughs> Actors Guild. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. This is a great performance. Um, and there was, bu- there was buzz. There was buzz for her. Um, I'm pretty sure there, there was a there was a big buzz for her in in all the ca- in all the categories. But and again, this is a fantastic performance. But I don't think she has any chance of winning compared to the core four, as as, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, there's definitely uh, a pattern emerging. Like there's a saying in the in, in in the industry in the Oscars world, it's a lock. And I think these four are a lock. We actually had a question. Um, from the Nomcast, uh, which is the Netflix original movie podcast. Um, Fantastic podcast, by the way, the Nomcast. Really well worth a listen. Um, And the Nomcast said, if McDormand, Kirby, Mulligan and Davis are locks um, to be nominated for Best Actress, who do you think gets the fifth? Andrew Day, Amy Adams, Zendaya or Jared Leto? (laughs) Which is obviously really funny because Jared Leto caused uproar by being nominated in a number of award categories, which we'll touch upon. So we're saying McDormand, Kirby, Mulligan and Davis are locks. Who do we think will get that fifth nomination? Um, Where should we start? Well, let's start with Kerry Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Um, she's had one nomination for 2009's An Education. Um, I haven't seen Promising Young Woman. As we said, we are really working hard to get a review out for you guys. Um, I've recently seen Carrie Mulligan in The Dig. Um, Promising Young Woman is obviously a very, very different role um, to uh, to The Dig. But Carrie Mulligan is versatile. She's a fantastic actress and... One nomination, I I think I think she's locked in um, this year, uh, and I think she's got a really good chance. Um, we will touch upon the the betting odds a little bit later. She is second favourite. Um, Viola Davis is currently the favourite to win, but I can see mm. that changing. Um, Andrew, what's the uh, the second person on our list? So it's Frances McDormand uh, for Nomadland. Uh, she's had five nominations, two wins, one in 1996 for Fargo and more recently 2018 for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This is obviously a film that's not released yet in the UK. 
it looks incredibly exciting. Mm. We know the talent of Frances McDormand. We know this is going to be a fantastic performance. Will she win again? Who knows? Probably not. Yeah. But nevertheless, it looks like a very exciting film and we know she's going to smash it. Yeah, Frances McDormand. Um, the, uh, I've got to say, the first trailer they they released was it was about twenty or thirty seconds. It was just her work walking through a trailer park, um, but it was gorgeous. I've never seen a trailer park look so incredible. Um, the sun setting, this sense of she's obviously a nomad traveling around, no fixed abode. Um, just this real sense, even from a very short trailer of this accomplished performance, really, really excited for Nomadland. And I can tell you, we will be reviewing that very, very soon. So Kerry Mulligan, Francis McDormand, unfortunately, we haven't seen those performances. Um, Viola Davis, Mulraney's Black Bottom, three mm. nominations, one win for Fences in 2016. We have both seen Mulraney's Black Bottom. We reviewed it on the main show. Andrew, two questions. One, what did you think of Mulraney's Black Bottom? And two, not did you like Viola Davis, because I know you would have. How good was Viola Davis? Yeah, so this film was fantastic. Um, I've not read the play. I know it was it was um, adapted from a play, which is always great, because I feel like from plays, the characters are more fleshed out, and you do get those wonderful ensemble scenes. And I think the reason why this film is so good is because the whole cast, the whole cast is phenomenal in this mm. film. They all bounce off, they all bounce off each other, and that's why we've got nominations for um, Viola Davis as well as Chadwick Boseman, which we'll talk about later on. But yeah, Viola Davis, superb. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're. I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, there's a couple of things about Viola Davis's performance. One, physically, she's she she transforms into Mulraney vocally. Mm. She, bloody hell, the woman can sing, um, and she is. So this is we will touch upon the betting. She is Viola Davis is the six to five favorite. Kerry Mulligan comes in second, eleven to four. Vanessa Kirby is four to one. Francis McDormand is nine to two. So in betting order, that those four that are locked in are the first four in the betting. Viola Davis is the favourite. I've just got this feeling and pieces of a woman. I know Craig is he's been going on and on and on about it, and I'm getting a bit bored of it. Um, <laughs> I'm not really Craig, don't worry. But he he might be on to a winner here. Um I'm actually editing this episode, so Craig won't know anything about this until the episode comes out. But Craig Fields, you may be right. Kerry Mulligan has shortened in the betting. And Viola Davis's performance is Oscar worthy. Definitely. Um, but is this her year? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it's 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 definitely, definitely worth talking about. And obviously, it looks like a definite lock. Um, someone else yeah, to talk sure. about is Vanessa Kirby. Um, mm. in pieces of a woman. Um, this is obviously a film we have both seen. We don't need to go over whether you like the movie or not. We know you did. Um, Vanessa Kirby, what did you think? Um, yeah. Well, that first 30 minutes, I mean, wow. Yeah. Um, wow. But wow. <laughs> I mean, you, you talk about kind of actors submersing themselves in the role and kind of giving their all and physically kind of transforming. I mean, Vanessa Kirby's literally given her whole body to this film. 
like li- li- yeah. lit- literally um and that was one thing i was going to say um about viola davis which i forgot to say is again what you touched upon it her physicality was amazing and you know she was so commanding and controlled the space she was almost diva-esque um and she had so much diversity to her role and it's it's the same it's, it's the same with um vanessa kirby i mean you, you see such highs and lows in this film and she plays it so subtly and she again we talked about the ensemble it's worth giving Charlotte Buff a mention because yeah. he was he was excellent in this film. Um, he would have, she would have definitely bounced off Charlotte Buff's energy, mm. um, as well as Ellen Burstyn's energy as well. She was fantastic in this film. She has wonderful monologues in there. As I said, physically she completely sold herself to the film. Yeah. And for me, th- this probably was my favourite performance out of this whole list of the of the ones I've seen. Yeah, I think I think I would. It's a tough one because um, we're going to get onto a, a performance from Zendaya, which I think was tremendous. Mm. Um, but it's a tough one between Vanessa Kirby and Viola Davis. Obviously, we can't comment on Carrie Mulligan because we've not seen that yet. Um, but Vanessa Kirby has never been nominated for an Academy Award. Um, so I think the Academy, or I would hope the Academy would bear that in mind. And I think she's going to pick up her first nomination here. Looks like a bit of a lock to me. The next person on our list is Andra Day, the United States versus Billie Holiday. She's um, never been nominated um, for an Oscar, but she did get a nomination uh, at the Critics' Choice Award, Andra Day. Um Looking through my list, she was also nominated at the Golden Globes. So, Andra Day is definitely in a commanding position to to take that fifth spot. I think we've touched upon the four locks, but um, again, mm. I haven't seen the United States versus Billie Holiday. Um, but it's something that I'm really excited to watch. The next person on our list, now this could be a controversial part of the show... Um, because yes. for the first time, we're going to talk about Malcolm and Marie. Zendaya, could Zendaya take that fifth spot at the at Oscar, on Oscars Sunday? Um, firstly, Andrew, I mean, yes. I think we'll both agree the performances were great in this movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is a, a show where we are analysing people's chances of winning Oscars in the acting categories. What did you think of Malcolm and Marie? Again, I, I'm going to use the word disappointed. Oh dear! That it, it, there was a bit of a stench from the film. It was bit, <laughs> it, there was something a bit off about it. I don't know. It's kind of like there was you open the fridge and there was just something you don't know why it's off, mm. but it just has that kind of tinge there. Yeah. Um, and you can't really lo- locate it. You can't really you know exactly pinpoint what it is. Mm. But having said that, I'm not sure if you're referring to the nomination for Zendaya or Amy Adams earlier on. Um, but look, Zendaya's performance is is fantastic. Yeah, she's 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 twenty four years old. Um, wow, that I've not I've not seen her in anything dramatic. I've not really seen many much of her work. I know that she you know is in a lot of TV, and obviously I've known her for Marvel. So that's kind of been her typecasting. So to come out of that and and do this role within the global pandemic and do what they did to produce this film is phenomenal. Yeah, some some of the choices for the film. I didn't agree with some of the parts of the script. 
I thought seemed a bit rushed and I felt like some of the scenes could have been taken out and more could have been added. And I guess if it wasn't a pandemic, would it have been made? Could it have been extended into a bigger picture with, you know, scenes that are outside the house? N- n- nonetheless, um, she's great. Like a, a, a mature performance. Um, again, lots of range um, can access emotion really easily. Um, bounces off John David Washington really well. Um, I'd say that Zendaya has serious potential um, as a future winner, for sure. Mm. And if she did get nominated, she completely deserves it. But as a film, as a whole, I wasn't a particular fan. But Zendaya, nonetheless, was a great performance. I was mortified. I had, obviously, me and Craig got this film early, so we were able to watch it early and review it. Andrew had to wait for it to come out on Netflix. And I was literally harassing him. It was borderline illegal harassment i'm surprised i wasn't arrested telling him to <laughs> to watch this movie damn it man watch this movie i was because andrew is a, an actor a qualified actor a great actor i was hoping that he would really appreciate this film as a whole i disagree with andrew i think it's the first time i've disagreed with him i don't think this film stank uh, i don't think <laughs> i don't think there was a smell a stench um i thought this smelled of sweet roses and 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 flower petals um I thought the film was a I'm not going to say masterpiece but I am going to say masterpiece. I I love this film. I love how it was created. I love what it represents. I love that they call out critics in this film. Um I love da- John David Washington's mac and cheese monologue. Um and I love Zendaya. I There is if you go on Twitter and you look at the things that are trending Zendaya is some there's a lot of people that like this woman. Um and I think she could have some real momentum going into this Oscars race. Obviously, she gets that nomination at the Critics' Choice. That is going to bode well for her chances on on Oscars Sunday. She might just sneak that fifth spot. Um, who else could could sneak that spit? Who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm losing my ability to talk. No. Um, who else could uh, sneak that fifth spot? Um, we got Yuri Han for Minari, um, never nominated. Um, I really want to do justice to these brilliant performances, but unfortunately, um, I haven't uh, haven't seen them. Um, another uh, potential nominee is uh, Nicole Bahari for Miss June Juneteenth. Um, again, she's uh, never been nominated. You've also got Sophia Loren, The Life Ahead. She's had two nominations and one win. Um, and then there's Amy Adams, um, hmm. Hillbilly Elegy. Um, six nominations. And she does get that um, that nomination here in one of the precursors. She does get that Screen Actors Guild nomination, which is a big thing. Like that, hmm. that's, that's a big thing. Um, we've obviously... And she deserves it. Do you think... Like- yeah, I, th- I, I think she, again, uh, maybe it's just because of my views as Hill- of Hillbilly Elegy as a whole, but you cannot take away the fact that Amy Adams is a fantastic actor. And in this film, she gives a fantastic performance. But I feel like the story and the script was written in a way that didn't give her that journey that she needed. It kind of seemed all on one level of like someone who's about to snap and then snaps. Like, I, I feel like I wanted to see more of the character. But having said that, she was brilliant. Um, obviously, tackling lots of um, subjects within the film, obviously addiction, 
Um, and yeah. she played vulnerability very well and kind of the, the, the switches and anger and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, she has every chance of being nominated. I, I don't think she will. But nonetheless, it's a great performance. Yeah, it's interesting. Like we said, there's those four locks. Who's going to get that fifth one? Um, if you do fancy Amy Adams to win um, in this category, she's 12 to 1 um, with the bookmakers. Zendaya is 7 to 1. Um so according to the bookmaker, Zendaya is more likely to get that fifth nomination. Zendaya lies fifth um, in the betting. Another person we can touch upon uh, is probably, I'm not going to say probably, is definitely my favourite actress. Um, and that's Kate Winslet in Ammonite. Um, Kate Winslet has had seven Academy Award nominations. Seven! Um, and she deserved every single bloody one of them. Um, mm. And one win for 2008, uh, 2008 film The Reader, um, which is, uh, I don't want to go into a review. It's, it's, it tr- there's trouble with that film, but the problem, do- the problems don't lie with Kate Winslet's performance. Unfortunately, we haven't seen Ammonite, but Kate Winslet, Saoirse Ronan, both potentially talked about in in their retrospective categories Kate Winslet hasn't popped up in any of these precursors so she hasn't got a uh, a critic's choice or a sag or a globe nod so it's unlikely very unlikely um that she will she will take that fifth spot uh, Andrew another person on our list who else um could potentially take that fifth spot We've got Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. uh, in French Exit. Uh, she's had three nominations before. Again, this is not a film I've seen. Have you seen this film? Uh, unfortunately, no. Um, the problem is, is this is such a weird Oscar season because there's so many films that are due to come out in the mm. cinema that obviously haven't been able to come out in the cinema. If they're not purchased by Amazon or Netflix, if the rights aren't bought out, then it's difficult to see them. So no, unfortunately, I haven't seen French Exit. A couple of podcasts that I listened to were very hot on Michelle Pfeiffer uh, and mm. her chances. So I, I, you know, don't rule her out. For sure. Um, and finally, on our long list, that believe it or not, 13 people we've got there. Only four, four? I was going to say four locks. Only five can be nominated. Uh, the last person to touch upon is Sydney Flanagan for Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Never nominated. That's a lot of nevers there. Um, <laughs> she is seven to one. So if you believe the bookmakers know what they're doing... Um, the bookmakers would suggest, the prices would suggest that that fifth spot is a fight between Sidney Flanagan and Zendaya. Again, this isn't a film we have seen, but when we can review it, we will review it. Andrew, is there anything else you would like to say about the best actress in a leading role category? Well, it, it's it's wonderful how how close it is, and I think that's how award seasons should always be. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have such an array of, of brilliant films, and again, it's been it's been so nice to be able to watch these fantastic actresses on screen. But no, I think we've touched upon all of their performances, and yeah, congratulations to all of them, and good luck. Yeah. So the final thing I'll say is Kerry Mulligan, promising young woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Um, Viola Davis, Moraini's Black Bottom, and Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. We think they're locked in, but don't rule out Andra Day, the United States versus Billie Holiday, Zendaya, Malcolm and Marie, Yuri Han, Minari, uh, Nicole Bahari, Miss Juneteenth, Sophie Loren, The Life Ahead, 
um, Amy Adams, Hillbilly Elegy, Kate Winslet, Ammonite, Michelle Pfeiffer, French Exit, Sydney Flanagan, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. And like I said, Viola Davis is the six to five jolly all aboard. Beep, beep. If you fancy <laughs> Viola Davis. Um, before we move on to the men, we just want to say a big thank you to all of our patrons. And if you're interested in becoming a patron, then here's a little more information. We interrupt this broadcast or visit Worth It, the film review podcast, for an important announcement. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would like to remind you that you can now become a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month. This helps the podcast to continue to grow as well as offering the potential for bonus content and Is It Worth It merchandise. Your support helps the podcast stay alive. So why not become a Patreon supporter today? Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Is It Worth It podcast. So, once again, a big thank you to all our patrons. We are now halfway through the show, so this is maybe a good time to pause, make yourself a cup of the dark roast, get a couple <laughs> of chocky bickies, and get ready for the second part of the show. Or perhaps you're enjoying it so much, you don't need to pause it, and you're just going to continue to go through. But if you do want to pause, now is a good time to do so. Andrew, I think you'll agree we went into some detail about the fabulous female performances that are contenders this award season. Shall we focus on the male performances now? Yes, let's do it. So let's follow the same structure as we did for the ladies and start with Best Actor in a Supporting Role. The nominations at the Golden Globes are as follows. Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture. Sasha Baron, Co- Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Up the Messiah. Jared Leto, ooh, The Little <laughs> Things. Bill Murray, On the Rocks. And Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Andrew, the Screen Actors Guild Award nominations. So the Screen Actor Guild Award nominees for outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role are Chadwick Boseman, The Five Bloods, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas (laughs) and the Black Messiah, Jared Leto, The Little Things, and Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. And finally, the Critics' Choice, which, like I've said, literally came out a few hours uh, hours ago. Best Supporting Actor. The nominees are Chadwick Boseman, The Five Bloods, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Bill Murray, On the Rocks, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, and Paul Ratchie, Sound of Metal. Um, there's a three-horse race seemingly afoot with Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. All three made the lineup at Globes, SAG, and Critics' Choice, and are present at the BAFTA shortlist. Um, 
but that means that there looks like there being two spaces available. Jared Leto seems to have caused uproar with his nominations. <laughs> um, again, if you follow film Twitter, people went completely crazy about Jared Leto um, getting these nominations, but obviously must now seriously be considered as a major contender come Oscars Sunday. Bill Murray gets the Globe and the Critics' Choice. Um, we'll now run through our selection of potential Oscar nominees in no particular order. And the first one is Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. He's had one nomination in the past for 2017's Get Out in Best Actor. What do I have to say about Mr. Kaluuya? Well, let me tell you, there is a tremendous amount of Oscar buzz for this performance. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier, Next Best Picture podcast, uh, and someone on there said that they thought this was the best performance or they'd heard that this was the best performance of all time. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know if someone's <laughs> gone a, li a little bit overboard there. But what I would say is watch the trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah. Daniel Kaluuya is at the front, fist up in the air, pumped up, saying, I am a revolutionary. And it is... Have you seen the trailer? Um, I've seen clips, yes. Um, it looks so, so powerful. Um, I haven't seen his performance. Um, I, I, again, I'm still really, really upset that Judas and the Black Messiah is potentially looking like it might not even be nominated for Best Picture, mm. which is an absolute disaster for me. Um, I was hoping my horse would at least make the race. Um, <laughs> to get, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's potentially 10, 10 nominations for Best yeah. Picture. If Judas and the Black Messiah doesn't get in, I don't even get a run for my money. Very, very disappointing. But Daniel Kaluuya, lots of Oscar buzz. Performance looks incredible. Haven't seen it. Um, but a performance we have seen, number two on our list, Sasha Baron Cohen. The Trial of the Chicago 7. He's actually had one Oscar nomination. Uh, 2006 Borat Cultural Learnings of America for the benefit Make Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Um, <laughs> fair, that was, fair play for reading the full title, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was for uh, an adapted screenplay. So he got a nod there. What did you think of Sasha Baron Cohen in The Trial of the Chicago 7? Yeah, so we've, we've touched upon the film itself. The, the film is great, and I think he's a key part of this film. Um, it's nice to see him in a, in a dramatic role. I mean, he brings comedic elements to it. But having said that, this role is not comedic. I think the character he's playing has comedic moments because that's the character. But having said that, like on camera, he's charismatic, he's natural, he's funny, he's, he's, he's very cheeky, he, he's grounded. You know, he's a very zesty kind of vibrant character mm. um and i feel like especially in some of the conversations they have within within the group outside of the courtroom you really start to see his his dramatic capability which we all know he he does have but what's interesting is, is when you when you search sasha baron cohen the first thing it comes up is comedian yeah then then actor you know will yeah. will there come a point where it will be sasha baron cohen actor Mm. That that's the question. I think the fact that he's, he he will get an Oscar nomination for sure. It seems like um, this is going to be great for him, and I he definitely deserves it because I think his performance in this was very good. Yeah, I but I think you that that's a really interesting point about Sasha Baron Cohen comedian mm. because his performances as Ali G, um, his performances as Borat, 
what was that um other one that he did bruno um dictator dictator obviously these are comedic roles but mm. we know and you'll know this that comedy acting is difficult yeah you know to be funny and what people you'll know this more than me when you're doing multiple takes with a serious, I would. I, what, what do you think? Is it easier to do multiple takes on a serious piece of acting, or is it easier to do multiple takes on a comedic piece of acting? Well, I, I think with with all the takes, you're going to do something different. Like you're yeah. going to try and freshen it up, and it, it really does depend on the director. But in terms of comedy, yeah, it's hard because once you've read it once, mm. you know people laugh or whatever. You get that kind of support of whatever. You're not going to get that again. So you then have to keep up that energy um with it um having said that i know i said that he definitely deserved his um well potential nomination but we will touch on mark rylance and frank langella as well because i mm. think if anything they were equally as deserving as sasha brown cohen because i think all three of their performances were on par with each other yeah and you got yah yaya abdul mateen the second um his character i felt so sorry for him yeah um uh, it's just when Frank Langella is saying he's represented and Mark like Mark Ryan goes, no, he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that point where you are seeing a man because he is black, basically being convicted for something that he hasn't done mm. simply because he's black. And it's, it's tragic to see that unfolding. And I think that moment from Mark Rylance where he says, no, he isn't is really, really powerful. But Sasha Baron Cohen he has such a great filmography. He's had such a brilliant career. Um, I thought he was great in um, the musical as well. Uh, French Revolution. Oh, Les Mis. Les Mis, yeah. I thought he was great in that. Um, mm. I think he showed a different side to his abilities there where he was where he was obviously singing and dancing. And Look, we could talk for hours about Sacha Baron Cohen, but like I've said, um, it's, it seems like he is one of the three um, Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya and Leslie Odom Jr. that are looking pretty solid for that nomination. So let's touch upon the next one, which is Leslie Odom Jr. One Night in Miami. Leslie Odom Jr. has never been nominated. Um, he plays Sam Cooke in the film One Night in Miami. Um, this will be a really good chance for you to come in because I don't think we've actually spoke yet about One Night in Miami, have we? No, I don't think we have. Uh, it's not been mentioned in the other categories, and I didn't yeah. mention it as one of my best picture picks. So, no, we haven't. Yeah. So, a couple of questions. Firstly, mm-hmm. for our lovely listeners, what did you think of One Night in Miami, firstly? Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly, you've obviously got four performances there. We can probably touch upon all four. They yeah. do go across different categories. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke? Yeah, so again, this is another um, play that's been adapted into a film. And um, that's very obvious and clear because a lot of the dialogue does happen in, in one bedroom on, on this on this evening. Um, and yeah, I think because the ensemble is so strong, all of these actors bounce off each other. And I, I've said that before with Moreni's Black Bottom. I think this was the other film in, and Deb Five Bloods actually this year, there seems to be some fantastic ensemble casts. And I think that shows with how many people are potentially up for these awards. Mm. But yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. Um, plays Sam Cooke. He, he, I think he's a musical singer in real life. So I think he, he has a background in musical theatre. And he was in Hamilton, I'm pretty sure. So his singing ability is, is brilliant. So he, he, perfect casting. 
Um, and I think he really grows into the role. I think it, it, you see the development of this character. And I think, you know, he does not get picked on, but he does seem the main focus of... Yeah, I know what you of, mean, yeah. <laughs> of, um, ...of Malcolm X. Um, but no, there, there's there's no criticism of this performance. I mean, it, it is great. He, he's feisty, but at the same time, he's very smooth. He's got the guitar. Like, he, he shows lots of different levels. And, you know, all these actors are listening to each other and responding in this room. And that's what makes it such a a gripping film. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning. I think um, Kingsley Benadir, I think we will find out later, is going for best lead. Mm. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. obviously goes supporting Aldous Hodge as Jim Brown. There's a little bit of talk about him. Um, But I think you're right. The performance of of Sam, I said of about 80 times there, um, the performance of Sam Cooke um, is brilliant. Like you said, vocally, he's great. He's got a real good range vocally. Um, But as an actual performance as well, like you said, his character is, is somewhat persecuted in many ways because Malcolm X is saying, what the hell are you doing? You need to use your platform. You need to use your um, black power, so to speak, for the cause to help other people that are in a less privileged position to you. Um, I think it's a great performance. Um, like we've said, he's nominated at a variety of awards. Um, obviously, Critics' Choice. Uh, he's also nominated at the... Golden Globes, <laughs> uh, I believe. Yes, a, he is. There is a lot of information here. We have to, <laughs> there we is, have, there we have is to remember. So, there is so much information here. My brain is literally boiled and seared like a, on a hot skillet. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's looking like a, a solid Oscars chance. Um, uh, another person we'll touch upon briefly, and we're going to touch upon them a lot more actually later in the best lead character. But Chadwick Boseman, The Five Bloods, never nominated. Um, what did you think of his performance? I know you were a big fan of uh, of The Five Bloods. What did you think of Boseman's almost cameo in The Five Bloods? Yeah, and I think I think it is a cameo. But I think the reason why it seems a bigger part is because the whole film is about him, really, and their relationship to him, in, in, in a way. Um, and yeah, in his moments, he he's great. He's powerful. Um, he has some wonderful bits of dialogue. Um, and it, it, he is a joy to watch. And obviously, after his passing, I mean, it, it's such, mm. it, it's amazing that he's given this to us to see. But obviously, it's utterly tragic that he has passed away. And I, I think he will be, he will definitely be nominated, whether it be for Moroni's Black Bottom as well as this. I mean, it's definitely going to be one or the other. Definitely Moraney's. But no, yeah. his performance in this um, was was just heartfelt and I felt very emotional watching him. And whether that's because of real-life events, I don't know. But nevertheless, a wonderful performance. Um, yeah, a fantastic performance. Yeah. Um, I think Chadwick Boseman was superb in The Five Bloods. Uh, I think if it wasn't for his astonishing performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think there would be a bit more um, award season love for him in this category. But if my memory serves me correct, Chadwick Boseman does get a Critics' Choice nomination for The Five Bloods. So there is still uh, a potential. I mean, he could get nominated in both categories. I think that's unlikely, Mm. um, but possible. The next one on our list, I don't know if you saw the uproar. 
But there was uproar. Jared Leto, The Little Things. One nomination, one win. Dallas Buyers Club in 2013. Have you seen Dallas Buyers Club? No, it is on my list because I know how many people have told me to watch Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, um, Dallas Buyers Club is honestly a truly sensational film. Uh, I think Jared Leto's performance in it is magnificent. Um, I'm just trying to get Dallas Buyers Club up on IMDb. Uh, obviously starring Matthew McConaughey. Both Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto give transformative performances. Um, the film itself, well, the film overall won three Oscars. Best performance by an actor in a leading role, Matthew McConaughey. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role, Jared Leto. Um, and best achievement in makeup and hairstyling. Um, rightly so. Um, I've got to say, I don't quite understand the uproar for Jared Leto's nom- nominations here. Um, he has been nominated on a number of uh, of these uh, Critics' Choice um, Globes and Screen Actors Guild. Um, forgive me if I can't remember exactly where. I think it was all three, um, but my, by this point, my brain is sizzled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on a skillet, apparently. It, on, a, on a hot skillet, a hot piping skillet. Um, but what do I have to say about Jared Leto? I haven't seen this performance, so I have absolutely no grounds to criticise it or praise it. All I would say is... From all of his other work, bar perhaps his Joker in Suicide Squad, which is questionable, um, <laughs> he is a very talented actor. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he is obviously a contender come award season. The reason I'm waffling is I lost my place, but I have now found it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so who else is... So we've got these three that look like they're pretty solid. Um, number six on the list is David Stratherian, Nomadland. He's had one nomination um, in 2005 for the film Good Night and Good Luck. Um, I haven't seen Nomadland. I haven't seen his performance. Um but he's a player in this category. Um, another person uh, who's a player in this category is Paul Ratchie for Sound of Metal. He's never been nominated either. Sound of Metal is one of these films that, again, we didn't mention it on our last episode. I don't know if in your research, Andrew, it seems to be popping up in a number of different categories, particularly in the acting categories. Yes. Um, and it's a film that I believe is due to come out on Amazon. Mm. And it's one that I'm quite excited about. I didn't know if you had any thoughts about that. No, I was going to say, we've, we've not mentioned it yet. And it did take take me by surprise because when I was doing the research into all of this, Sound of Metal was not mentioned. And yeah. I think it was after the Golden Globe nominations that Sound of Metal started popping up. And then there was a huge buzz for Riz Ahmed. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, he definitely has a chance. I mean, he definitely has a chance of being nominated. Whether he'll win it or not, I don't think so. But what an achievement that would be for his um yeah. and this film, Sound of Metal. So I very much look forward to watching it when it does eventually um, come onto Amazon Prime, I believe, or if it will be in the cinema. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So the Sound of Metal. If you're thinking, what the hell is that about? Um, it's basically about a heavy metal drummer's life um, that is thrown into free fall as he begins to lose his hearing. Obviously stars Riz Ahmed, Olivia Cook, and Paul Ratchie. Um, it's, it's a player. Um, it's definitely a player. Um, next on our list, um, this is something we can talk about. This is a performance we've both seen, 
And this is from an actor who I think we both love. Um, and it is Bill Murray on The Rocks. Firstly, what did you think of On The Rocks? And secondly, what did you think of Bill Murray's character? So I think you touched upon this in your podcast. The first half was definitely better than the second half. Yeah. I feel like the payoff was not what I was expecting, even though I understand why they did it. And in a way it did work, but I kind of was expecting more. Having said that, um, this is Apple TV. I think it's it's really good to, that they're starting to produce some films and I think they'll only get better and better and better because they are yeah. playing catch up really with the other streaming services. Um yeah, solid performances from Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. I've never liked such a, a horrible man. <laughs> but like <laughs> Yeah, he's in he's, a weird way. His character was quite slimy and greasy. If you tried to get hold of him, he would literally just fall out of your arms. <laughs> but you wanna get hold of him, you wanna hug him because there's something lovable about his character. Um Ranjit strongly disagreed with me but I think one of the best moments in the film is when he's speeding through New York in this little red convertible um, Mm. and the police pull him over and basically talks himself out of a ticket and Ranjit said he didn't like that he didn't think it was very real and very believable but for me it was believable for the nature of his character he knew this police officer and the police officer's family he's known within New York like it, it was totally believable um mm. bill murray th- got the golden globe nomination um which i was very very pleased about um obviously then we had the screen actors guild nominations come out where um bill murray missed out but critics choice came out today and bill murray was on the list so bill murray gets the globe and critics choice nod i mean i i will eat my hat if he wins this, I mean, I don't think he has, <laughs> I, I don't think he has any. Do you chance. have a hat? Well, I'll, I'll purchase one to eat it, um, okay. but, I, but I won't need to purchase it because it will not be necessary because it, it won't be a thing. It will not. Ha- it will not happen. Um, but no, having said that, look, this film. This is a good film. It's a comedic film. It plays right into what Bill Murray is fantastic at. Yes. The fact that he got the Golden Globe nomination within the comedy category makes total sense. And I think yeah. within that category, he has a massive chance. But mm. I don't think the Academy are going to award Bill Murray for this role. Um, it, it's 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 a good comedy, and I think, it, like I said, it, it's written for him. He's very relaxed. He he's so good in these comedic roles. It, 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 it's almost like it's so easy for him to perform these to do this. So that's why it's such a good watch. Um, but in terms of Oscar nomination, I I don't really know. But he definitely won't win it for sure. Yeah, I would be very. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I I would be very surprised if if Bill Murray, um, well, I think like they said, um, I'll eat my hat. Um, we'll, we'll we'll both have a delicious hat luncheon. Um, <laughs> if Bill Murray was uh, to win the Oscar, believe it or not, Bill Murray um, has only been nominated for one Oscar, um, two thousand and four, Best Actor in a Leading Role for. Um, lost in translation but he's been nominated for a number of golden globes 1985 best performance by an actor in a motion picture comedy or musical ghostbusters um he was nominated in 1999 for rushmore um he won the globe for lost in translation in 2004 um Best performance by an actor in a motion picture comedy on musical St. Vincent, 2015. Um, 
comedy or musical Hyde Park on Hudson 2013 and now he's been nominated um, Best Actor in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture 2021. Um, if all of you are thinking that is the most amazing knowledge I've ever heard on a Bill Murray, that was courtesy of IMDb. Um, that was not... <laughs> You just the love Bill Murray. Just I just love, love Bill Murray. It's like, give me a Bill Murray fact. Here you go. Uh, I tell you what I did do. I watched Groundhog Day the other day. What a fantastic film. A joyous film. A wonderful film. Captures so much. Well, Puck's um, attorney Phil has said recently there's going to be six more weeks of winter. So, Oh, really? What? Because yeah, it yeah, was Groundhog yeah. Day the other day, wasn't it? Well, Sky, Sky Cinema made a joke. They played Groundhog Day all day on oh, Groundhog right. Day. To make a point out of it. Do you, do you want to know another interesting fact? I, I like my horse racing, as you know. Uh, and on Groundhog Day, a horse called Poxatawney Phil won a horse race. <laughs> uh, and I didn't back it. Um, <laughs> but um, what else have we got? So we've got Bill Murray on the rocks. Bo Burnham, promising young woman. Um, again, there's, 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 there's talk of awards... Um, who else is on my list? Mark Rylance, The Trial of the Chicago yeah. 7. Um, one nomination and one win. He actually won in 2015 for Bridge of, Spri- Bridge of Spies in Supporting Actor. I know you were a big fan of this performance. Yeah, Mark Rylance is amazing. I mean, he, he has a Shakespearean background and I think that shows when he t- tackles roles because he's so good with language. Mm. He's so relaxed and I think in this part, he, he just commands the screen. He like totally commands the screen. He, he's so grounded. And he has some very funny moments as well. Um, so, I, you know, if he did get nominated, which I don't think he will, it, it'd be very much deserved. I, I mean, Mark Rylance is excellent in all the films he's in. So, um, but no, like, excellent. Yeah, it looks like um, Sasha Baron Cohen is the... Is yeah. the flag bearer for the trial of the Chicago seven. Um, and as it looks like, um, Leslie Odom jr. Is the flag bearer in this category for one night, one night in, uh, Miami. Um, Another potential nominee in this category is Aldis Hodge in One Night in Miami. He's never been nominated for an Academy Award. And and I do like to see Coleman Domingo's name for Moroni's Black Bottom. So am I. Um, um, I thought the ensemble cast in Mulroney was was tremendous. And the thing about Mulroney is it doesn't work without all of the ingredients. And Chadwick Boseman's... Um, performance is extraordinary but it doesn't work without Coleman Domingo, Glyn Turman, Michael Potts um, who were playing Toledo, Cutler and Slow Drag. Um, All of those uh, have got not Oscar buzz but if they were going to go for a a category it would be in the supporting. Um, So yeah. Well I I think that that, that's the point though isn't it? Those films like you said the ensemble is so good and particularly in Moreni's Black Bottom, because it's adapted from a play, every character has their moment. It's yeah. the same with Aldis Hodge uh, in One Night in Miami. All four of those characters have their monologue moments where they go into more depth of their character. That's that's not something you, you would normally see in a in a feature film script. You'd normally maybe see a couple of monologues from some characters, but in plays particularly, they're all mm. given their opportunities, and that's why there's so many names in these supporter actor categories, particularly Moraney's and in one night in Miami. And it creates a perfect environment 
to win an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, another name, uh, I know you were a fan of his performance, Frank Langella, mm. uh, again in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, Frank Langella's had one Oscar nomination in 2008 for Frost Nixon, which uh, have you seen? I've not seen Fro- Frost Nixon, but I know it's a fantastic film. Add it to your list. Frost Nixon, um, Frank Langella as Richard Nixon, <laughs> what a good, um, is... <laughs> absolutely <laughs> tremendous um when the president does it that means it's not illegal that moment in the film is <laughs> is tremendous it's a, it's a transformative performance um so his name is in this fishbowl of 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 potential names yaya abdul mateen the second uh, the Trial of Chicago 7, never nominated. Eddie Redmayne, Trial of Chicago 7. Two nominations, one win, uh, one for The Theory of Everything, which I know you've seen and I know you love. Yeah. Um, the final person that popped up in my research in this category was Charles Dance for Mank. Um, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, again, it, it extremely solid. I think that's the thing with, with The Trial of Chicago 7. I think they because of those courtroom scenes and the, all those scenes as, together as a cast, they all bounce off each other. Um, yeah. And again, it, it is another solid performance. In all honesty, I did not think that would, you know, he would make the list, but nonetheless, yeah. like there he is. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, so I believe um, that's pretty much it on the best supporting actor category. I'm going to bear, I'm going to uh, save the listener. I'm not going to read all 13, but I would say that Daniel Kaluuya, um, Sasha Baron Cohen and Leslie Odom Jr. look pretty solid in there. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see who else gets nominated. Keep up to date with that. Keep looking at our Twitter feed. Um, there's fantastic uh, articles on Variety. Um, but those were the, believe it or not, 16 people. Um, and it's only a category of five. Um that we believed have a chance in the Best Supporting Actor category. Andrew, we're coming towards the end of the show, but we've still got one more category to cover, and that is Best Actor in a Leading Role. And the Golden Globe nominations are as followed. Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Mulraney's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father... Gary Oldman, Mank, and Tahar Rahim, the Mauritanian. And the Screen Actor Guild nominations are as follows for outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, Mulraney's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Yeun for Minari. And finally, the Critics' Choice nominations for Best Actor are as follows. Ben Affleck, The Way Back, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Mulraney's Black Bottom, Tom Hanks, News of the World, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Delroy Lindo, Delroy Lindo, The Five Bloods, (laughs) Gary Oldman, (laughs) Gary Oldman, (laughs) Mank, and Stephen Yuen, Minari. Um, it does look like there's three solid contenders in this category. Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman. 
But having said that, Riz Ahmed gets the Globe, the SAG and the Critics' Choice nomination. Um, that's huge. Um, but let's talk about the obvious omission here. That's Dil... Dilroy? <laughs> Hello, Dilroy. Uh, Delroy Lindo. Not at the Globes and not at the Screen Actors Guild. There is redemption, though. He does get a Critics' Choice nomination. Um, what what do you think about that snub? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I, I feel like I'm a bit biased because I love the film so much, but the reason I loved the film so much was the performances and was the script and was the story. And I thought his performance was amazing. And I'm stunned. Like, I really am stunned that he didn't get nominated for the Golden Globes. But having said that, I've not seen all of the films within the category. Um, particularly, uh, we need to watch Anthony Hopkins, The Father, when that comes out, because obviously that is a leading contender. And that could be one of the main reasons he would get snubbed in one of those places. But I, I really think he deserves more praise than what he's getting at the moment. And I hope that mm. things do materialise for him, because I too love The Five Bloods. Yeah, that that monologue that he gives when he's hacking his way through the bush in Vietnam, um, the jungle there, is tremendous. It's I listened to an interview. They they did a number of takes on that. Um and Daryl Lindo said that it was hot as hell. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well that film did make me sweat. I mean Yeah, it was hot as hell when the, where they were recording. And I think he said in this interview that he trusts um Spike Lee. So he never questioned why Spike wanted to do so many takes. But Spike obviously wanted to get it right, and boy, did they get it right. Because that particular monologue in that film, if you haven't seen The Five Bloods, watch it. If you have seen The Five Bloods, you'll know what I'm talking about, is tremendous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uproar, uproar, uproar on Twitter. Um, huge campaigns for Delroy Lindo. Um, like I said, he does miss out at the Globes and the Screen Actors Guild. But there is redemption with the Critics' Choice nomination. But let's start with our potential Oscar nominees in no particular order. Um, although there is somewhat of an order with this from me, actually. Um, let's start with Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He's never been nominated for an Academy Award. I know you loved Ma Rainey. You've made extensive notes. You've got a 200-page dossier there. <laughs> Any notes about Chadwick Boseman? None at all, actually. I completely swept over his performance. No, I'm joking. I've got, <laughs> I've, I've got, I've got a lot of notes for for Mr. Bozeman. I mean, what a performance! I think obviously, if he was going to get put forward for one, it, this is this is the one he's going to get put yeah, forward I for. I think you're right. Um, just because I think this is a better performance, and he has more time to develop his yeah. character. The reason why this is such a good performance, one to do is to do with the writing. Like the amount of different layers of this character is amazing. What we see at the start is totally different to what we see at the end. We see a ticking time bomb almost. Yeah. Wonderful monologues. Um yeah. such intimacy with the camera. He's he's so charismatic um in this part. Um and like I said, like he, he's so playful and he's almost cocky. You know, he's singing, he's dancing. But then we see the vulnerability and we see why he puts up this front. And, yes. and we see the development of this character throughout the film. And he stands out for me. I think he does steal the show. I, I think 
he, yeah, I, I think there's there's no not much more to be said about Chadwick Boseman. He it's just such a weighty, beautiful performance, um, and it's just going to be amazing that he does get the nomination. And how amazing would it be for him to win? It would be absolutely incredible, and I think very much um, deserved. Where do I start with Chadwick Boseman? Well, his performance for me is broke broken down into three sections um three speeches three monologues three moments and they are spooked up by the white man his god speech and you stepped on my shoe um if you haven't seen um Marini's black bottom obviously watch it this isn't a spoiler review as such but those three moments where where he he he's very polite and he's very um considerate towards these two white um would you call them agents? Um, they're, 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 what are they? Well, I'm not. I, I know what you're referring to, but I don't know what the the, the, the key word would be. But they're no. the producers, aren't they? Um, yeah. Of 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 the music, and yeah. the other characters say, you know, oh, you know, um, yes sir, no sir, three bags full, sir, and they take the mick out of him and say, he's spooked up by the white man, and he comes back with this fantastic speech. He also has a speech about God, which will put you on the edge of your seat. And then there's the tragic ending of you stepped on my shoe. Those three moments, all like we've said, when you when you point at a film and go, that's the Oscar moment. There's three in this film. Yeah. There's three moments where he could win an Oscar. And that's the point. And that's the yeah. point. It's not it's not just one moment. It's the whole film. Yeah. From, absolutely. From, from start to finish. And that's when you know it's a well-rounded, grounded, fantastic performance. And I will rave about him because this this is a wonderful film, and I hope that people will watch it. I hope that more people watch it because I know a lot of people that won't sit down and watch this film. Go out and watch it. Yeah, absolutely. You need, you need to watch it. It's important. Like these kind of stories are important, and these actors are phenomenal across the board. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, and another uh, potentially phenomenal performance is Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Anthony Hopkins has received five Oscar nominations in the past, one win for 1991, uh, 1991's The Silence of the Lambs in Best Actor. Um, haven't seen The Father, um, but it looks a tragic tale of a man that seemingly has Alzheimer's or is losing his memory, losing his mind. It looks very, very upsetting, and it looks like a very, very powerful performance from Anthony Hopkins and obviously he is getting the credit that he deserves in the precursors um, another performance to talk about is a film we have seen and that is Gary Oldman in Mank Gary Oldman has had two Oscar nominations in the past one win for 2017's Darkest Hour as Winston Churchill um, he was phenomenal as Winston Churchill da Darkest Hour um, <clears throat> do excuse me Darkest Hour was a slightly troubled film. It wasn't a perfect film. There was issues with it, but his performance was great. What did you think of Gary Oldman in Mank? Because I'll go on record and say, if it wasn't for Chadwick Boseman, this would be my favourite performance of the year. I thought he was sensational as Herman Mankiewicz. Um, brilliant. What, what, did, what did you make of it? Yeah, I, I kind of echo what you said, really. I mean, how he is in front of the camera is amazing. It's it's his subtleties, his little looks, his little facial expressions, the way he listens to the other actors, 
this performance is so well-rounded. It's subtle in places, but then at times it's very brash and over the top. I mean, Mm. for most of this film, well, practically all the film, he is intoxicated. Mm. And that that (laughs) is an... that is an incredibly well, not Gary Oldman, the, the character. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Gary Oldman's just on the source throughout throughout proceedings. I know, I know, he plays a character in Friends where he gets drunk um, as an actor, but um, but no, he dr- drunk acting. You mentioned this on your podcast is yeah. extremely hard because there's a fine line of doing it realistically and it, or it being comedic and clearly over the top. Yeah. He finds a great balance of kind of yeah. he's living with that constant intoxication. So he plays the role so smooth and relaxed. And then he has that that, that big speech at the um at the dinner table near near the end. Amazing to keep to keep that up, to get the point across as well as being that kind of hammered, um, is amazing. Yeah. Um and yeah, he's just a he's just the king of the game, really. He's just so natural and yeah, he, he definitely deserves the nomination will he win definitely not i don't think he will um i think you're right i think it's chadwick boseman's personally um, yeah because I, I i don't you know the, the academy have already nominated him before he's got his win do they need you know they'll nominate him again but he doesn't need another win and i was going to yeah. say that about anthony hopkins as well if any of these actors were to be shifted as much as anthony hopkins performance is amazing and probably will be amazing based on the trailers and what we've heard you know, this is where I want to see Delroy Lindo. Like, do we need to give another nomination to Anthony Hopkins? Like, do we need to do that? Or should we give it to Delroy Lindo? Mm. Like, he's never been nominated before. Like, he deserves the praise. And, you know, do we yeah. need to nominate this at the same actors again and again? But if the performance warrants it, then great. But come on, like, let's, let's shift it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, and, and one of those people that could liven it up a bit is Riz Ahmed, for the sound of metal he's never been nominated um but if my brain serves me correctly um he was nominated for the critics choice award riz ahmed was also nominated for the screen actors guild and he was definitely nominated for the golden globe so that's that's three of the main precursors that he's got nominations in so you've got bozeman you've got hopkins and you've got oldman as far as i'm concerned riz ahmed looks to be taking that fourth spot Mm. You know that 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 is what the the algorithm that I've been brewing at home would suggest. You know, a lot depends on who wins these awards. Don't forget, these are just nominations. But when you get those three nominations in those big precursors, it would be um, amazing for him to be nominated. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, obviously, I've not we've not seen the film. It, it's not out yet in the UK. Um, having looked at the trailer, it looks like, again, one of these parts that he's totally committed to. I know that he yeah. learned um, ASL, which is American Sign Language for the part, and that's a big part of his character, which, oh, is, wow. show, which is shown in the trailer. So it's, it's these little details that that make an actor's performance really good. And obviously, yeah. when, when people look at it and they'll say, look, look at all the work he's put into this character. And yeah, it would be utterly amazing if he was nominated, and I really look forward to seeing it when it does come out. Yeah, and um, the next person to to touch upon is Stephen Yuen, or Yun. Um, do forgive me if I've pronounced that wrong for Minari. He's never been nominated, um, but Stephen Yuen does get nominated at the Critics' Choice Award, um, and he also gets a nomination at SAG. He missed out on the on the Golden Globe. Um, again, this is for Minari, um, a film we haven't seen yet. 
Um, but he's got a, he's got a, a, a fighter's chance. Um, it will be in, you know, he's nominated in two of those precursors. If he wins both, he suddenly becomes a, a you know a major contender to go on and get a nomination. Um, the same can be said for uh, Tahar Rahim for the Mauritanian. Um, never nominated, um, but obviously there is there is a little bit of talk for him. And he gets that Golden Globe nomination um, for the Mauritanian. So that's very, very interesting. And um, one film that I have seen and I did want to touch upon um, is Tom Hanks, uh, News of the World. Um, I know you haven't seen this yet, yeah. but Tom Hanks has six Oscar nominations. Six. Um, two wins. Um, and if my memory serves me correctly, that is for Philadelphia and also for Forrest Gump. The interesting thing about those two films is Philadelphia came out in 1993 and Forrest Gump came out in 94. Tom Hanks was on fire in the early 90s. Um, it wasn't long after that that he did Saving Private Ryan. Like This was a time in his career. He's obviously got older. His, his character... His characters have changed. You know, he's not as physically active as as he was in, say, some of his early films. Um, you know, what was the f- splash and uh, some of, some of his other early work? Um, what would I say about Tom Hanks in News of the World? I would say it was a very very solid performance. It was very commendable, very Tom Hanks, and just very decent. Um, I'm not convinced. Again, you've mentioned it. Does Tom Hanks need a seventh Oscar nomination? Because he's not going to win. Um, so does he need that nomination? Um, maybe not. Because the next person on our list is Delroy Lindo, The Five Bloods, never nominated. Um, and I think we've touched upon that. Did you want to mention anything else about Delroy? Uh, well, I, I've probably mentioned it about a hundred times. I mean, you know, I do love this film and I think we've got to talk about the portrayal of PTSD mm. on camera. Um, his, just his overall demeanor in this whole film, the, the way he snaps, the, the things that he does, the, the, you know, the monologues, his relationship to his son. The reason why I love this film so much is because it, it was a, a wonderful story by a fantastic director and a fantastic yeah. ensemble cast with wonderful like political connotations, seeing something from, from a different perspective than we normally would see on screen. The cinematography was amazing. And I think, you know, Delroy Lindo is the masthead of this. Yeah. Um, and I think I watched the same behind the scenes documentary as you did, because I think it was on Netflix or YouTube. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Spike Lee just said, you know, I have total trust with Delroy Lindo. And you can see that, that that's when you, that's how you get Vice the best. versa. Yeah. And that's how you get the best performances is when you, your director gives an idea to you, the actor, and you work around that idea, but also adding in what you want to do. Um, and I think the reason why this is such a brilliant performance is just the layers and yeah. it's just a beautiful story. And I, yeah, I, I really hope. I really hope he does get nominated. Like I said, I'd rather see a snub by some of the older gentlemen like Mr. Hopkins. Mm. So, sorry if he, he is for some reason listening. But, <clears throat> He's a big fan. Uh, well, yes. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I well, think it'd be about... important to... I think it's so... Because he deserves it. He should be nominated. He really should. Well, how about this? Chadwick Boseman, 
nominated. Anthony yeah. Hopkins, nominated. Gary Oldman, nominated. Let's say Riz Ahmed, nominated. So that's four. That leaves a fifth spot. So as far as we're concerned, Delroy Lindo should get that fifth spot. Or should John David Washington for Malcolm and Marie, never nominated. People said, I don't know if you heard this, before, during and after Tenant that John David Washington can't act. I've never heard such buffoonery. The man is like his father. He's in, he's a very talented actor. Mm. No, what, it, did you, what did you think? I know you weren't a fan of Malcolm and Marie. It had a slightly off smell. Um, and you're not the first... Look, you are not the first person to say this. You look at... Um, Malcolm and Marie, you Google it, it's got plenty of one and two star reviews. Like some people, excuse my language, were seriously pissed off with this film. Yeah. Um, like uh, some people have taken real offence. So you're not, the, you're, not, you're not the first and you won't be the last. I mean, we don't, we don't have to, you know, if, if you just simply Google Malcolm and Marie and go to news, you, you'll see the articles, you'll see where the controversy lies. Yeah. Um, but having said that, you know, we're not critiquing the best picture, you know, chance of this film um but having said that john david washington he he is a great actor and i feel like him and zendaya are at their best in this film when they are subtle and i think i think that is that is a directorial choice i believe because the scenes in which they hold in their emotions a bit more and are simply talking to each other those intimate moments is when you see like potential oscar moments or, an, or, or a potential film that could be nominated for multiple Oscars, but then it's lost in other moments, which I think were forced. And I think the dialogue in places was forced. And I again, it's hard to tell whether that was a, a directorial choice or a choice from Zendaya and John David Washington. Yeah. But, you know, he, he he's very comedic. He was confident. Um, yeah, the mac and cheese monologue. And again, he, he had to play, you know, kind of inebriated to a degree. He had to play like semi-drunk the whole time. Yeah. Well, he, so he'd obviously had a skin full at the premiere. Um, yeah. And then he, I hope he wasn't, who was driving then? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe they got an Uber. Um, but he progressively has consistently more and more to drink and mm. his character opens up. I thought, now the thing is, is let's say Zendaya gets a nomination. Does that mean, does that enhance John David Washington's chances? Because how the hell can you give Zendaya an Oscar nod, but not John, John David Washington in a film where there's only two characters? Yeah. I mean, it would, it would be difficult. However, you know, they are both bouncing off each other. And I think they both have as actors they have they do have their own choices. Yeah. And I think, Look, the thing with the, with a duologue, with a two-handed you know play or a film, is there are so many decisions you can make. So if if you took that script with two other different actors, it totally changes the whole meaning of the script. Yeah. So I think because it because it's a two-hander, it's, it it is quite easy to criticise the film. But having said that, it, I think I said it before. Um, there are moments within this film that had serious potential, and I think if if the director waited a bit longer instead of just crashing out with this film during the pandemic and getting it done and giving all these opportunities to, for people to work on a set. I think if he waited and maybe did another draft of the script and got in the same two actors, then I think the film itself could be nominated in more categories, but I think it's, it's on the cusp of everything. But I think if you, if you would have waited, this film could have been so much better. Um, But having said that, I enjoyed parts of it and, 
it's clear to see that Zendaya and John David Washington will go on to have wonderful careers. They already do have wonderful careers, but in terms of nominations and awards, they definitely will be in the game in the next 10 years. Yeah, Zendaya, 24. I think John David Washington, there was obviously the controversy about the age difference. I think he's 30-something. The man doesn't look that old, Uh, I'll be honest. He doesn't age. Um, Who's that other actor that doesn't age? What's his name? He was, he's been in quite a few things. It's going to wind me up now. He's, he's always in memes. I don't know. I really damn, don't. My, damn my memory. Um, I will... Paul Rudd, there you go. Oh, yeah, Paul Rudd. If anything, he's got better with age, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's like a fine wine. But the man does not look any different than he did 20 years ago. Yeah. Damn you, Paul Rudd, and your ability to not age. Anyway, I get distracted. Um, another potential nominee in the Best Actor category is Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, again, Lakeith Stanfield has never been nominated. Haven't seen it. Obviously, I'm... So excited about Judas and the Black Messiah. I've heard so much stuff about it. Like I said, I've backed it to win Best Picture. Um, I genuinely, with my research, thought it had a good chance. It's not done a well, very well in the award season so far. Just praying for a nomination so I get a run for my money. Um, another performance, um, and I think one we can definitely touch upon, um, who could potentially take that fifth spot, is Kingsley Ben Adir, One Night in Miami, never nominated, played um, Malcolm X. And we discussed on the podcast um, the um, Spike Lee film Malcolm X, and obviously um, Denzel Washington playing Malcolm X. Um, but I thought Kingsley Ben Adir as Malcolm X was absolutely superb. I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I think um, I think you mentioned it on the podcast, how you said that Kingsley Benadir st- stole the show. Was that what you said? Yeah, in my opinion, he he dominated the film. Like in in each scene, like he it's like when you have a good steak, you want to have fries with it as well. You know, <laughs> you, you want to have a, maybe a garlic butter sauce. Um, the garlic butter sauce and the fries on their own are of no use to you. Um, he <laughs> is the steak. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get, what, I get what you mean. I mean, remember Leslie Odom Jr. Though, like he would be some very good garlic butter sauce. Uh, well, he's he yeah, but no, he's probably the fries. Okay, the, I was these are say. triple fried Belgium fries. These are the best damn. Fr- You've been to, you had them, haven't you? I, I have. Yeah, they're very. How very How good tasty. are they? Very tasty. Yeah, that's that's Leslie Odom Jr. What but, the, the um? What I was going to say, I don't know why we're doing so many analogies for this film. Is that if if this if if this film was a football team. Yeah, Kingsley Benadir would be the striker. Like, okay, up top. not the holding midfielder. No, he'd be he'd, he'd he'd kind of be the striker who's kind of scoring the goals. But I think everyone else is is assisting him. In, okay, in, in I get ways. what you're saying. But What's... Leslie Odom Leslie Odom Jr. would be the kind of you know creative midfielder, I, I guess. Yeah, who's also, who's Who, getting what... the assists? I know, I know, we're going off track here. What striker would he be? Who is he? What quality of performance is this? Is he an Alan Shearer, an all-time Premier League top goal scorer? Is he Thierry Henry, or is he Michael Chopra? <laughs> I mean, he's he's, 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 de- he's definitely a footballer who's young and got potential. Let's put it that okay. way. Um, I, I tell you who he is. He is that incredible footballer who's doing great things in Manchester. Whose name? Oh, Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford. He is Marcus Rashford. Young, energetic, scoring the goals. But like you said, the rest of the cast are assisting him. Um, I thought 
uh, Kingsley Benadir as Malcolm X was absolutely tremendous. And we're pretty much at the end of the best actor category. Like we've said, it looks like there's three absolute solid locks. Um, the fourth one may go to Riz Ahmed. So there's definitely a fifth spot open. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Ardash Guravi um, for The White Tiger. He's never been nominated for an Academy Award. He, he Have you seen The White Tiger yet? Uh, no, I haven't. No. Watch The White Tiger with, with your housemates. It's a tremendous film. Um... And I just wanted to... Get, he, he, he won't be nominated. He's he's not been nominated in any of the precursors. But regular listeners will know that I was a big fan of The White Tiger. And I think if he continues to put in performances like that, he has um, a tremendous chance and a big career ahead of him. Um, just before we finish uh, the best actor analysis, I just wanted to run through um, the betting odds because I think they're quite interesting um, in showing us who potentially the bookmakers and the bookmakers are very rarely wrong. I mean, they were wrong about Glenn Close. Um, Chadwick Boseman is one to four. He is the favourite um, and a clear favourite, an odds-on favourite. Anthony Hopkins seven to two. Riz Ahmed fifteen to two. Then Delroy Lindo is fourth favourite at ten to one. So the bookmakers think he's going to be nominated. Stephen Yuen ten to one. Gary Oldman fourteen to one. John David Washington fourteen to one. Kingsley Benadir fourteen to one. Tom Hanks twenty to one. Ben Affleck twenty-five to one, and Lakeith Stanfield twenty-five to one, and no better way to finish this segment of the podcast than saying Chadwick Boseman is the favourite, and I hope he wins. Do you agree? I I do agree, and I'm just going to put it out there as well. I think there will definitely be an upset in the nominations in terms of I think either Hopkins or Gary Oldman will not be nominated. Okay. I have, a, I, have a, I have a hunch that Gary Oldman will not be nominated. I think I think Gary Oldman will be replaced by someone, whether that's Delroy Lindo, Riz Ahmed, if 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 not Stephen Un, Stephen Un, John David Washington. I mean, there's loads. I, I really I I have a hunch that Gary Oldman won't get in there. Um, <laughs> I, re, I I really do. I don't know what it is. This sort of mystical mystical prediction. Do you know um, the the. The great thing is, is that I listened back to Road to the Oscars, the first ever one we did, and I had a couple of hunches in there. Some of them were big hits. Some of them were big losers. It would be hilarious if we listen back to this in two months time or or six weeks time when the Oscar nominations come out and you're correct. <laughs> well, you never know. You and we never can know. put some mystical music over the top. So, folks, there you have it. That was our rundown of the best actor category so that brings us to the end of Road to the Oscars season 2 is it season 2 blimey I've lost track let me go back in my script what season are we on season series 2 episode 2 there we go Andrew Andy I call him Andrew because he's my brother but everyone else refers to him as Andy it has been my honour and my privilege to have you on as a guest. The last question I wanted to ask you is, if you could award one Oscar, just one Oscar, who would it be to and why? I think it's got to be Chadwick Boseman uh, in Moreni's Black Bottom. I I think I've I've already talked about how much I love this performance, but I think it'd be absolutely amazing uh, for him to win. 
and leaving and leave his last stamp. Yeah, um, I totally as, agree. As, as as an actor, he's already made such a massive difference to the, to the film industry, mm. and this would be utterly amazing. And he would get the biggest standing ovation. Yeah, if people were there. But you know what y- I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The online virtual ovation. Yeah, will be tremendous. I don't think there will be a dry eye in the virtual house if Chadwick Boseman was to win. Um, best Actor at the Academy Awards. I totally agree. If I had one Oscar, I'd give it to Gary Oldman. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> just just to wind you up after your spooky prediction that he's not going to be nominated. Um, look, thanks very much for joining us on Road to the Oscars Episode 2. Um, no problem. Andy, it has been an absolute privilege to have you on the show. Uh, I know you're my brother, but I really wanted to get you on for this, for your acting expertise. I think you've given a really interesting insight to these performances from an actor's perspective. Andy, we're going to do it again, a shameless plug. Please tell our lovely listeners where they can find you and your podcast. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Andy underscore long 97. If you would like to follow my podcast, or should I say mine and Jack's podcast, uh, you can follow us at Interval Podcast, and that's on Twitter as well. We also have an Instagram account under the same name, and we also have a Facebook page. And as I said before, if you want to listen to our show, we are on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, and all good podcasting services. That is truly fantastic. (laughs) 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 Did I read the script well there? Well, yeah, that's just such emphasis. That is truly fantastic. Andy, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. You can also email the show at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. That email address, again, is (laughs) mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. I know that Is It Worth It team love receiving your emails. <laughs> I'm sorry if I read that. If uh, I read that that's brilliant. If I read that sarcastically. Yeah, yeah, the main yeah. thing is, I, I hope everyone got that email. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they did. Um, Andy, it has been a pleasure. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. And make sure you listen out for our next edition of Road to the Oscars, where I have a big American guest lined up from across the pond. Trust me, this is a big, big player um, in the in the uh, Oscars punditry um, circle. Really, really excited. Not that you're not a big player, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> not... Well, when, when my Gary Oldman prediction come, comes true... Oh, people... I, that would be an absolutely unbelievable thing. We'll have to replay that bit of the podcast with, like, spooky music over the top. <laughs> well, look, it's, it's unlikely, but it, I, I think there might be a, a some, some sort of upset in the nominations, definitely. There always is. So please, dear listener, do listen out for our next edition of Road to the Oscars. I can't wait to tell you about all things Oscars on the next show. All that leaves us to say is, he's been Andy Long. He's been David Long. And this has been Road to the Oscars. <laughs> nice dramatic finish to uh, to round off proceedings. Thanks very much, Andy. It's been a, it's been a privilege. No problem. Good breeze.